0: Yes, hello and welcome to the very first episode of Blue Luce Cciati podcast, the spin-off from the Whitby Town Football Club magazine, where every week we'll be talking different topics tonight. We'll be talking about mental health in non-league football, but uh, we've got loads of different content, some fantastic content lined up for you over the coming weeks and months. We've got interviews with the likes of Neil Bishop, recently retired from Mansfield, former professional footballer. We'll also be looking back on matches from the past and... And just, you know, some weeks having a laugh, some weeks a serious discussion. It, uh, it'll it change every week. But uh, yeah, I'm the host, Paul Connolly. I'm joined by Daniel Kendall. How are you doing, Dan? I'm very well. You? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Lee West?
1: All right. How are we doing all?
0: All good. And of course, the Whitby Town goalkeeper, Mr. Shane Bland himself. How are you doing, Shane? How are you doing, Paul? Yeah, not too bad. And of course, we've uh, we mentioned that tonight we are talking about uh, mental health in non-league football. And... It's it's something that I mean at some point or other has affected us all in the midst of football and in the midst of life, hasn't it?
2: Yeah. Um, obviously, me as me being a player, um, obviously playing now, um, it's definitely affected me in the past. Um, it's it's one of those subjects where it, obviously it's it's in it's not just in football, but it's you know it's all over the globe. Um, Especially, I mean, especially in the UK. I mean, the amount of um, the amount of cases of mental health you hear in the UK, and obviously the the suicide, um, the suicide percentage um, being so high, um, it's it's a massive thing. And obviously, with 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 football, not you know, right from the top to the Premier League, obviously right down to non league. I think obviously when you're playing the non league. Um, Getting getting turned down away from pro clubs, getting turned down from trials, um, you get points where you don't enjoy your football. So, um, I mean, like I said, it, it's 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 a it's a nasty, horrible disease to have.
0: Absolutely, I would, uh, i certainly agree with that. And um, mentioned there, it's obviously affected affected all of us. will uh, we'll start with you yourself, Shane, because um, I think it was about. About two years ago, around this time, were not it that you sort of you you found yourself probably at your lowest point?
2: Yeah, um, I think it was. I think it was the. I think obviously the. Um, I think we meet me leaving Whippy. Um, obviously, the first time. Obviously, leaving Whippy um, with me being there for what four or five years, doing a four and a half years. Uh, I think obviously leaving there. Um, and then obviously moving on to Spennymoor um which was a, a fantastic club um a really good setup really good you know good team um a good board behind them um it was just you know obviously i thought i'd go there i thought i'd do well um and it it turned out not to be it turned out not to be obviously i went there overweight um wasn't obviously i thought i was ready mentally but then when reality hits you um you know when when you when you when you when you're getting dropped when you're getting dropped in games when you thought you've done well, um, you get dropped and you think, well, well what's happening here? I'm not used to this. Um, and then obviously you know when you want to when you want to play games, you say, look, well, I want to play games. Um, and they send you out on loan to West Auckland, in the Northern League. And like I said, no disrespect to uh, you know, West Auckland or anywhere, but um, it was a tough period, a very very tough period. Um, obviously I was you know there was there were struggles going on at home uh, pers- very very personal issues very very serious issues going on at home um, and obviously that that was taking over my football and it just got to the point where football I just wasn't enjoying um, nothing got to do with the clubs the clubs were absolutely fantastic um, you know very, very very well looked after um but you just, when you go to training, you're just not yourself, you know, You people are having crack with you and you're just taking it seriously. You're not, you're not biding it. You weren't, you weren't biding into it whatsoever. Um, and that's when I just, it, that's when it just really hit me. It just, you know, I, I, I was, sit, I'd, I'd sit in my room and I wouldn't, you know, I'd come in from, I'd come in from training or whatever i had been coaching or, and I'd just sit in my room and I just didn't want to, didn't want to um, speak to anyone. You know, I just, I'd just sit on my bed and, that was it. That was, that was it. That was my routine. I'd literally go to football, go to work, come home and just sit in my bedroom and not, and not do anything. And then obviously I had all the the problems going in and around, um, what was going on at home, you know, the, it was just, it was just getting too much. So, I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm not going to lie, there was, there was a couple of times that I did, you know, I went on a walk, did want to, did want to hang myself, um, did want to do myself in, um, and like I said, that I thought once I once I thought that, then I real then I realised and I, I needed help. I needed help. And uh, like I said, I got in touch with the PFA, and um, like I said, the PFA were absolutely fantastic. You know, spoke on the phone. I, um, obviously, I put a, I put something out on Facebook. I put it like a a public a, a public plea t- for help. Um, and like I said, obviously, I was you know people who messaged, they were. Massively, massively massively supportive, and like I said, the PFA gave me uh, give me some counseling, and from there once obviously it wasn't perfect, I still wasn't perfect after the counseling um, I had a massive gambling problem um I you know i mean even even though it wasn't even even though I wasn't putting huge amounts on on horses or whatever it was it was just the everyday thing. It was just every day, right? I'll, I'll go to the bookies. I'll go and put, I'll go and spend ten pound, twenty pound, and then it just gradually build up. And like, like I said, I'd, I'd get a wage at the weekend, and then by the Sunday it'd be gone. By just I don't know, by ever going going out on a Sunday and gambling. So, like I said, obviously that's I mean, I've with, with gambling, I'll literally have a bet on a Sunday now if if you know if, if if I fancy it. So, like I said, I mean, PFA were fantastic, and obviously you know still you know getting bit getting better each, each and every day really
3: no and and as football fans you know i think we uh, we expect our footballers to be uh, to be almost robotic uh you know we um i think the older you get the more you realize that the the lads you're watching on a saturday afternoon are people i think you know someone has a bad game and you go, you know, oh they're having a oh they're a shock they're a shocking player, they're terrible, they're terrible. Yeah. And it's like you said there Shane, it's not the football. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't know you don't know what that what that player, what that lad has got mm. going on behind the football, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. No name, no names, but you mm. know, my uh I, I know of a footballer whose nickname and the training ground was Mr. Monday morning. Mm because he had he had real anxiety about playing in front of the crowd mm-hmm. uh, and he'd go on the training ground on a Monday and he would be Mr Monday morning and be the best player by a mile. Put three o'clock on a Saturday, you put him in front of 500 people mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. different man, different lad. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And, you know, just to put it back to you, Shane, tell me if I'm wrong, but I personally, I think goalkeepers, I think you've got the toughest job on the whole pitch in terms of pressure.
2: I think so. Because- Absolutely. I um I I I totally agree with you there. Um, I mean, being a, coming to Whitby uh, as an eighteen-year-old boy, you know, coming to think, you know, I to be fair, I was quite lucky because I I didn't think I you know when 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 you see young players now and they'll get released from the academy system, you'll see players coming into clubs like us, clubs like Whitby, clubs, clubs like Conference North, and no disrespect, but they think that they're going to walk into sides. And it doesn't happen like that these days, you know. I mean, as a as a non league footballer, everyone knows you've got to be mentally tough. And yeah. you know, like I said, I mean, look, I'm I'm not the, I'm not the strongest person, you know. Some I, I'll feel that pre- I'll feel that pressure, you know. I'll feel that pressure on a on a Saturday afternoon, Tuesday night, um, you know. Especially, I mean, in the FA Cup, uh, I mean, the pressure. What you know, what I felt, and most of the probably the lads felt i mean probably some of the lads probably you know thinking about overthinking about it all night you know not sleeping i mean i'm not for one you know for me i'm not for one to sleep i just i'd have i'd have just been constantly thinking about the game right what's going to happen there what if we get beat what's going to happen it's just what if what yeah. if what if um so yeah i mean as a goalkeeper you know when you've got um when you've got people shouting, you know, abuse at you. I mean, like I said, as an eighteen-year-old boy, it was tough. It was really tough. I, I'd, I'd feel, yeah. I, I'd, I'd feel my stomach like just churning, knowing that you know you're getting yeah. stick and whatever. But I think as an experienced player now, and still, again, I'm only 25, 26 next month, and I still get sometimes I still get that feeling when you get the big crowds in and when you get the, you know, you get that adrenaline rush, but you think mm-hmm. I just. All I want five first five ten minutes I just want I need to make a save I need to do something really good I need to pluck a cross out the air and then and then I settle yeah. down in the game um, but yeah I think as time goes as as like you said there Dan as you get older you do um, you just you, you totally block everything out um, especially with the big crowds so I mean yeah, yeah. I mean we we've, we've been a goalkeeper it's 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 a tough doing tough doing
3: absolutely I mean I've always taken the view you know as a striker you can you can have you can have 10 shots mm. and if one goes in yeah you've had a good game yeah
2: absolutely yeah
3: as a goalkeeper yeah. you you can have you can have a worldie for 89 and a half mm-hmm. minutes yeah. but a lapse of concentration the yeah. team lose 1-0 mm-hmm. you're a bad player yeah, absolutely. you know absolutely. Uh, and we we need to we need to look at that, um, you know, as as football fans and as football generally, you know, we we do need to look at, at a bit of perspective mm-hmm. about how we yeah. how we are sort of talking to players, yeah. and about about how we're assessing performance. And do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, you know,
2: absolutely. I just think, um, I mean, I've been in so many situations like that where you've had a really good game. You know, you the the on the flip side when you've been Two 0 up. You've been two 0 up in the game and you know you you know you're having a really good game and then all of a sudden you know everything just changes in, in literally two minutes. They score one. Yeah. Get the kick off, they score another. You know. I mean, it was like it, it was like Selbridge away, um, you know, yeah. cruising, you know, cruising two nil. Uh sorry, two one half time. And even into the first twenty minutes of that uh, second half, I thought we're going to get this, and then all of a sudden, bang! It just it just yeah. totally checked. And I mean, I was in that dressing room, and honestly, I, I I just felt so so low, even though we achieved so much. It was just like, uh, like you just you couldn't believe it. And I remember just having my you know my, I just had my shirt over my eyes, and I just I couldn't hold it in. Really, it was it was painful because you always have that dream yeah. of. You know, because because you've seen, because you've seen some of your mates do it and get to that first round and second round, you're like, oh, just just please be the, you know, yeah, uh, and yeah. like you said, you didn't get it, but it, like I mean, I've been like you said, I've been in so many situations where you've been cruising or you you know you it's nil nil or whatever, and you you let a, a, an yeah. absolute stinker in 90th minute, but again, it happens, and that's what I've that's what I've learned to do really. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, in terms Absolutely. of that Stourbridge game you mentioned there, Shane. Um, that sort of must have been doubly disappointing in the fact that you had such a euphoric high from that Gloucester game
4: mm-hmm.
0: coming off the back of what was such a massive blow by the 95th minute equaliser to mm-hmm. so then go back down to that point again to where it's you know we could have got there mm-hmm. must have been a really sort of difficult transition to go through
2: it was um because like I said it just you know you know what football is like it's a, it's a total roller coaster ride I mean I can't, I can't, I can't count on my hands how many, like, how many roller coaster rides I've had with Whitby Town. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it, like I said, it's just a part of football. And obviously, when you think, when you look back on it, you know, when you look back, obviously, in the moment you are disappointed. You, you know, you you don't know what to think. But then, when you cut, when you when you come, when when it goes like months down the line and whatever, and you think, you know what? That's it. That that season when we've done that FA Cup run. What I mean, what a run we did have. You know, not to. I mean, considering the club didn't get past first round or sec, first first qualifier, second qualifier, for you know. I mean, I can remember doing that when I was when when I was obviously my first spell at the club, um, and to have a obviously to have a run like that, it, it was it was unbelievable. And like you said, when when, when you look at when you look at back at things, you just think, you know, what a run we had, and you know, you just you just basically cherish that really.
3: Yeah, and and I guess for all the all the pressure and you know putting yourself out there and testing yourself, mm-hmm. you know, there are huge you know huge positives. You know, if you get a result, you know, it must talk about mental health. It must give give you a you know you must be you know spring in your step for the rest of the week. Surely, yeah, you know, so there, I... there must be big positives to to live in that life that you're living, you know, as well. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I think you know, I mean. It, you got to think as a, as well. It, it when you win on a when you do win on a Saturday, it just
4: sets your whole week up. um yeah. You know, I mean, even even when my even when I coach my kids on a on a Sunday, it's like when you when you when you do when you do coach them, it's like if you get a win on a Saturday, and I think right, I always I I have I have a I have a I have a philosophy. I have a like a, a suspicion. It, it, if we if we win on a Saturday, then my kids win on a Sunday. It it, it it's. It's crazy, it's crazy you have, but it always nine times out of ten. Happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just sets up your week. Um,
2: you know, if you if you win on a Saturday, and you've got that Tuesday game, you're just like ah buzzing, can't wait for the Tuesday. can't wait for the next game. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side of that, when you're on a run of five five games beaten,
4: yeah. it can
2: be a very very tough place. It can be a very tough dressing room. Um, you know as as we as we saw last last year, you know, I mean. People were getting people's backs. We, we had numerous meetings with um, the gaffer um, every Thursday before training. We, we'd have we'd talk about it. We'd um, we'd address the situation, and and then, like I said, we just and then all of a sudden, after five games of like of being beaten, you go on a run of eight games unbeaten. So uh, that's the roller coaster we talk about in, in football. That's the roller we talk about.
3: No, I was just going to say it's all about. Again, about positive about attitude and momentum, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, there must be something in that. You know, you, you know, Blander, you get a result on a Saturday and your lads win on the Sunday. There must be something about vibes and feel good and positive mental attitude. Do you know what I mean? There's power to that. Yeah, there? absolutely.
2: I mean, you look, you look forward, you look forward to do whatever you're doing, like coaching a game again. You know, you look forward to it and it's, you know, it's not like you, wait, you know, it's not like you wake up on a Monday and think, oh, like, You know, got beat at the weekend. What's what's Tuesday night's game going to be? Are we going to bounce back? Are we going to go on this run? Um, you know, it's it's just what it is. I mean, you just I think when you win, when you win, and obviously you're high and you you know you're up there and whatever. You know, you you enjoy you enjoy your your daytime work and ever you know you enjoy that work. Um, and like I said, obviously it's it's just what it's just what something what I've dealt with. Um, I think. When I was going through the mental mental health stage, I, I wouldn't be able, to, you know, I I mean, to to talk about I wanted to pack in football at one point, yeah, and just do and go and do something else. I, I don't know what it would have been, but, um, you know, to 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 think that, even though I wouldn't, but to to actually just think it, hmm. it's yeah. it's a, it's a crazy feeling, and like I said, it's not it's not a nice one, not a nice one at all.
1: It's having that thought cross your mind in the first place to, to, you know, to think that something must be really wrong, that I've actually thought that I want to do that in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. For me, man um, was last year, I was about two steps shy of having a proper full-on breakdown by September last year. Uh, and there was a point just before the season was starting to kick off where a couple of things had
4: gone wrong for me. And it was the third time something had gone wrong when we were trying to get things organised at the beginning of the season. And mm. I've been through a fair chunk
1: in my life. I was bullied non-stop at school for five years. I ended up on anti-anxiety medication until I was twenty-six, I think. Yeah. And I've never, I've never actively contemplated or had the thought cross my mind about you know I've had enough of this. I'm you know I'm just going to go and throw myself into the sea or what have you. Mm-hmm. But I sat inside the turnbull in my car for forty minutes because I thought if I turn around and go home mm. when I get home. I've just got more stuff waiting for me. Yeah. I can't stay here because if I stay here, I'm going to have to go back into that dressing room and say, look, lads, the video camera failed for the third time. And as I was, as I was starting to set off and come down the bank towards live, I just thought, just drive into the sea. And it'll, it'll be so much easier. Just if, like, if I'd hit the back of a bus or something that yeah. hit me on or I'd driven into the sea, I would not have been unhappy. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's it, like I said, just little things like that. It's just, you know, I mean, I
2: read the uh, I read the Tyson Fury book and similar situation what you've just said there Lee um he's literally in his car and he literally all he wanted to do was just drive he was in, uh, uh, he just wanted to drive straight off straight off the mo- like off the air uh, off the motorway straight mm. just wanted to go straight through the barriers um and then li- literally a little voice in his head has basically said um you know don't do it you know, obviously, he had his. I think it was his kids and his wife in the back mm. of his head, um, telling him not to do it. So I think that's you know that's one thing what gets you through it. You know, you've got when you've got family, you've got friends. Yeah.
4: Um.
2: Yeah. You know, uh, it's it's a scary. Like I said, I I mean, for me, I just you know I remember having an argument. I had an argument with me uh, with me mum and. Um. Obviously, it was about it was about it was about the gambling and whatever. And I just I just walked out, walked out. Had a little walk, and literally went to um, near St. Anthony's Field. And like I said, I just stood under a tree, and I actually found a little bit of rope. And I just I thought I just absolutely broke down, bawled the tears. Um, mm. You know, because then because then again, you just it gets to the back of your mind, and you think, right, if I do this, how many people are going to lose? Yeah, I'm. A, I'm going to lose my family. I'm going to lose my friends. You know, it's going to it's going to hurt more people. Um, and that was after counselling. You know what I mean? That was after counselling. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I think from that point, that's when I started to get a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. I suppose for you as well, Shane, it's got to be when things are going well. The t- there's like the, there is a bond in the team spirit that you're on a, a winning streak and everything's going uh-huh, right uh-huh. have you. Yeah. But when it's go- when it's not going well, as a goalkeeper, that's probably got to be the loneliest. If you're doing well, everybody's having a laugh and a joke. But if it's not going well, I'm guessing strikers are off working midfield and defence, and you know you're there uh, practicing penalties, crosses, you know. But you're still in theory there on your own, just with someone, you know, putting the ball. Uh-huh. the water, you, you don't necessarily uh-huh. have that unit around you like their defence would if they're trying to, you know, Mm -hmm. fix something. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: Yeah, it's, like I said, I mean, it's, it's when you've got, when you've been, you know, when you've been beat, like I said, I mean, I think, I think when you've, when you've been, when you've been beat by a team and you've been, you know, when you've been absolutely dreadful and you've been outplayed and whatever, you've just got to hold your hands up and just say, hey, we've been outplayed. If you make a mistake in that game, yeah, fucked up, you know, you know, I've 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 done wrong there, lads. it is what it is. But I think it's when I think it's when you've when you've dominated a game and again then we'll talk about them one nil games. Um yeah. say if you've dominated the game and you you know, it's nil nil or whatever, or you're one nil up, their score their score, make it one one in the in the dying minutes, go and score a last minute winner. Um you know, it's them kind of games where you do go in the dressing room and you and I'll for me myself, like you said, everyone, you know, some some people are different. People will just go like, "Come on, move on. Let's just move on." And for me, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like that. I think, yeah, you've got to think about it. You have got to think. You've got to, you know, you've got to think about. It. I think when it's the start of the season, then yeah, you've got to go right, hey, move on. It's a long season, but but when it gets to the crunching side of things, and yeah. see if you're up, see if you're up there. Especially when we would, especially when we were, when we went on that, when we went on that um, unbeaten run, and then we started to draw silly silly games, you know, and then getting beat off Stafford, who were bottom of the league at the time, you know, you look at it, then you then then you act, then you just think, like that. I'm I'm one of them who will who will I'll just sit in my kit. Everyone's getting showered and whatever. I'll I'll just sit in my kit. I'm just. You know, I'll 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 dwell on it, and people you know people attack me, and I'm just like, look, just leave me. You know, I'm just one of them. I'm just one of them. I like to sit by myself
4: and just you know think things through. When I'm ready, then I'm then I'll obviously then I'll talk about it. But Yeah, it's 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 a horrible feelingly. It's, it's it's not the best. Um, and like I said, I I'll, I can understand. Obviously, with lads with the new lads coming in this year, obviously I, it'll be interesting to see how they react, how they react on end of defeats and whatever. I mean, like I said, I think on Saturday, um, against Stockton, obviously getting beat 2-1, um, you know, you're seeing, obviously it was, it was disappointing, I think we were below par. um, but again, like, you know, you've got some lads that hey, let's just, let's just move on to pre-season, and then you'll have like, and then you'll have lads who are disappointed, um, Lads, they would just go oh, like, can't believe that that was that was awful. About you know blah blah etc blah, etc. Et so
0: you know it, it'll
4: be it'll be interesting to see. You know I think obviously lads have got to bond together and and obviously you know take take things with a pinch of salt because I think obviously we have got a couple of lads in there and um, we don't like we don't like losing and it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting to see what lads. We'll react, and you know if we do if we do go on that on that feet and run whatever. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting.
0: It'll be good. It'll yeah. be, you know. Oh, certainly, certainly, and just want to revisit something you mentioned there, Shane, about obviously that sort of feeling after you've won on a Saturday or you've lost on a Saturday. And I think that was the that was the point where I realised that there's something just wasn't right at all because. I mean, I think everyone here knows how much I, you know, I absolutely love Whitby Town Football Club. I think everybody knows that. Yeah, Whitby Town time
3: uh, Apparently no, so, man.
0: yeah, you know, flag, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. flag on the me. wall in the flat over here and everything, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's Where are, you like, from? Where are you from, Paul? Where are you from? <laughs> uh, somewhere, you know, a little, little town on the North Yorkshire coast. Uh, Whittier- oh, oh, right. right. Yeah. Oh, Whitby. Yeah, oh, wait, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I know it. Uh, nice oh. little gaff, nice little gaff, but... <laughs> No, but I mean seriously, that was like I think that was the point where I realised something just wasn't wasn't right because I mean for me that would sort of like make my weekend Whitby win, I'm buzzing for the weekend, I'm I'm happy, I'm want to talk to everyone. And it got to a point where Whitby win games and I'm just like fucking hell, can't be arsed here. Just wanted to go home. I'd maybe sit in the clubhouse for twenty minutes and just think, nah, I'm going home. Mm. going home and again it came back to what you were saying Shane it was it was going home and it was just just sitting down and just Mm. exhausted you weren't physically exhausted but mentally yeah you were you were doing this that and the other you just absolutely Mm. run out yeah you can't do anything Mm.
2: no it's I mean like you said when we were at obviously when I was at West Auckland we were you know we'd go on a run of we'd again when you say about winning um, we'd go on a run of you know we'd go on a run of wins, especially the FA Vars, but you'd still, you just, you you just still weren't happy in yourself. You know, you just, you just basically put a shift in because you're there. You know, I'm not one of these, I'm not one of these lads to, um, you know, not, not, I'm not one of these lads to sulk really. Um, You know, if I, if I've got something in my head and, you know, I'll, 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 for that moment, I'll put it in my back of my head and I'll concentrate on what I need to do. Um, uh, but like I said, it, it's it's one of them. It's it's again. It's not a nice feeling when you are winning, and yeah. you want You you want to celebrate, but in in your mind and how you're feeling, you just you just get on with it. You're like, yeah, we won, right? Get me get myself home now. I want to go home. Mm. Um, so it's yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I have to totally agree on your part. I mean, like I said, I mean, I, I'd see you a couple of times in the clubhouse, um, and obviously. Before, just before you said about struggling with mental health and whatever, and I could see that you that you were struggling. Obviously, you know you the um, the whole vibe of it. Um, you know, normally you'd see it after a game or whatever, and you'd be, you know, your bubbly self. You'd be, you know, you know, you'd be talking to players, you'd be talking to us, be talking to everyone in the clubhouse. And I just, I, I actually noticed that that you know you weren't yourself. Um, and then obviously when you came out about mental health then I thought well there's your answer um, and obviously I think once you've come out with it I think obviously I know you messaged me about it um, I thought I bet you thought I bet you felt so much better by getting it out there
0: it's, yeah it's like that whole weight is just completely lifted then mm. it's like once you've I mean you, I sat there for about be a solid probably a year with it bubbling up and bubbling up to a point where it just got far too much, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And once, once I'd obviously mentioned and spoken about it and, and just said, this is, you know, this is happening, it did feel like there's there's the first step done. That's the first bit, the yeah, accepting it more than anything because, I mean, I went to the doctor and I still couldn't quite accept in my head that it was it was that that was happening, you know. Mm, yeah. And then I thought, you know, I've got to find some sort of acceptance in this and find some way of dealing with it before, it does just completely take over my life and yeah. obviously that was that was it and I'd seen that you've done it and that was sort of something that maybe's given me a push to think, right, start getting this sorted now because otherwise you're just you're gonna be sat here and huh. you're probably not gonna be here in three months time, you know. It's...
3: But I think I think seeing that warning sign that things that matter to you, things that you're passionate about and things that you know you make you excited, make you, you know, make you make you want to live life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, football, Whitby Town, result on a Saturday, clubhouse at five o'clock, bouncing, you know. Mm-hmm. I think fair play that you've seen that there's something wrong that hang on, this this isn't this isn't making me happy anymore. Like this thing that I'm so passionate about and that I love. Mm-hmm. I love football. I love Whitby. And here I am, it's five o'clock on a Saturday and I'm miserable. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. I'm out you know and the more that we speak and the more that we raise awareness of of warning signs mm-hmm. you know that's that's a way that's a way to beat it flag it to others yeah. i mean you know especially young players i mean in a way a bit of perspective just to take it in a you know this is our this is our passion this is what this this is the thing non league football playing football being a part of football should be the thing that's making us happier than this is our mm-hmm. hobby, this is our legend yeah. time, this is our, yeah. you know, our release, our escape, whatever. And yet here we all are talking about how being a part of it and committing to it and feeling that way about it has made us at some point
4: yeah, absolutely. Feel, Completely. feel
1: down. Yeah. Really. I mean, I think part of it, to me, boils down to, I mean, it, it was great that the PFA were there for you, Shane, and that you got counselling yeah. and everything. Yep. But, mm-hmm. from, yeah. but my guess is that you didn't know that that was there until you actually reached out and said, "What's available?" Because, like you mentioned before, about the, the lads coming out of the the um, the academy thing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know I've, I've never been involved in anything like that, so I mean, you tell me if I'm speaking out of turn here. Yeah, but I, I, I get the feeling like there's no preparation for that. No, like I've, I've, I've got a friend whose nephew is uh, riding high in one of the academies at the moment, but I just. I had this horrible nagging doubt in the back of my mind that there's no preparation for, at 17 years old, for this kid from the age of five to go all through this academy, for them to suddenly say, well, thanks very much for all that service, but you're not good enough for us now, so we're just going to say goodbye. And there's no preparation for them at any point during that period for them yeah. even for the clubs yeah. to just say, look. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I, I've been at, like a you just say it to somebody like kids that are at school that I've known because I've never worked in anything but education. Mm-hmm. So there's kids that are like they're just all. Oh, all I want to be is a professional footballer. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's yeah. what you want to be. Dedicate your life to it, but yeah. also make sure you've got these other things just in yeah. case that doesn't yeah. work out. For you. But yeah. also, you feel like football clubs should be at, at that period of time just going through and saying, "Look, there's not a ch- every chance that you will get all the mm-hmm. way through
0: this, So yeah.
1: here's you know some help if 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 that yeah. does happen." So that yeah. We're not just throwing you out onto the street yeah you know, maybe, i mean I, for yourself
2: yeah absolutely i mean you, you you've, you've just hit the nail right on the head there um i mean when obviously when i was at when i was at middlesbrough obviously i had a really good i had a really I, I, I would say i had a really good two years of a scholarship um i think my second year was much more better um i felt you know but again like go back to the Go back to the, you know, when, you know, not being happy at football and whatever, it still mm. happened. It was happening in the academy as well. Mm. Um, and I just didn't speak about it. And I'd just go for the, I'd just, at the time, because I was young, I'd just go through the emotions of it. I mean, you'd see me like let a goal in and I'd, I'd fucking launch the port. I'd, 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 I'd kick the post, I'd punch it. I'd, I'd do like these, you know, these, f- and then, or oh, if my teammate in in a small side, if, if a teammate in a small side of game would give the ball away, I'd absolutely, like, I'd rage at him for nothing. You know what I mean? And, mm. um, you know, but then obviously when it comes to, come to the crunch, thinking that you were going to, you know, you were going to get even, not just a pro, even a third year. Mm. Um, I, I, I literally, because obviously one of the goalkeepers got released before me. And I think I've got a chance here. Um, but again, obviously pulled you into the office. Um, basically, just writing you a letter, so, so you were you were sat there just for a minute, not knowing what's going to happen, and basically just just basically turn around and saying, um, "Shame, we're just gonna, you know, we're letting you go. We're not giving you another contract." And that was it, really. And like said, you know, that just you know being on a high of playing for Middlesbrough Football Club, my own town club, and all that just comes down, and I've, that was a, a real, real. Low point um, as a as an as a seventeen eighteen year old lad. Um, you were, you were seventeen. I was seventeen. I, I mean, well, no, I'd have been. I've wow. just. I, I'm nine I'm a 1994. So I'd have just. Uh, I'd have. I'd have been eighteen um, when I got released.
3: So we, so we pull an eighteen year old mm-hmm. young, youngster, if you don't mind me yeah, saying, yeah. you know, youngster into an office. Yeah. And you're writing a letter in front of him not, for no so, more so, than a minute. So
2: basically, so basically he was literally. It was Dave Parnaby just sat there writing a letter, signing, signing some, you know, to give to me, basically saying, so, so wanted me to take it home.
3: Give it to your mum. Give
2: it to my mum and say, and to break, and, you know, <laughs> to, to, ha- to, ha- to have to have your actual, to have your, ha- your mum stood on the front waiting for the news, thinking it's going to be good news, and just to break it and go, I've been released. And, you know, just to see your old mum's face, just go, I don't that's, believe it. Yeah. I can't believe that's it. Mind-boggling. And it just, yeah, that that's how it was. Um, look, look, I mean, but again, another twist in the tale, uh, you know, to do that. And then in the same meeting, we're not giving you another contract, but we want you to be academy goalkeeper coach. Right. And I was just like, at the time, I was thinking, well, no. I don't, I, why would I want to do that? You've just released me. Why would, why would, why would you want me to come goalkeeper coach? Basically, basically give it like, you know, um, well, it, it was your physicality, what you, what let you down, height.
1: Hmm.
2: Um, but it was all right for the, the previous 10 years, exactly. You know, obviously, height, physicality. Um, but you did well at your coaching badges. So we want we want you put we want to push in a in a set. Obviously, I mean, at, in time I took tu- I took the job. Um, yeah. Like I said, obviously I went on a couple of trials, and obviously on the trials again, the the mindset of going on trial. I went went to Motherwell. They basically say you put yourself in a good position. Don't hear anything back. Went to Leeds United. Went to Leeds for a week. You know, had a really really good trial. The goalkeeper coach there was was absolutely fantastic. Didn't didn't want to didn't didn't say anything. To me, I had to go into the office myself as an eighteen year old kid and say, "Look, what's happening?" And you know, I took yeah. I, I I plucked up the courage to do that, and they said, um, "Well, we can offer you a contract, but we can't we can't guarantee your game time." And um, because they had a they had a, like a, a I think it was a Northern Ireland, maybe Republic of Ireland uh, international there, mm-hmm. um, who by the way got released after two years or something. Um, but yeah, and, and that for me, I just went, nah, you're all right. I, I Obviously I want to play. I want to be, you know, and then I went to Blackburn. It, it, this is the best one. Went to Blackburn, travelled all the way down to Blackburn, stayed over, um, trained on the morning. Um, and I could just sense from, from the moment I stepped on with that goal, with the goalkeeper coach, um, and obviously the goalkeepers, I knew I'm not getting anything here. No chance. Mm-hmm. It, you know, even going into the games with the first team, you know, the likes of Pedersen, you know, Pederson, David, you know, David Dunham, whatever, you know, to, to go into the to go and train with them was an unbelievable experience. Um but again, pulled me in the office straight after training. Um goalkeeper goalkeeper sorry to say, but goalkeeper, goalkeeper coach, um said you're too small. Would you like to st- do you want to stay for the rest of the week? I went, No, to th- no, thank you. I want to go home. I just went home, yeah. And then that's yeah. when that's when my agent at the time, um, basically said, Look, there's a chance for you to go to Whippy Town. Um, yes, it's not pro- professional football, but it's a good, it's a good level. And I said, and I stretched it away, Yes, I said, yes. get me down there. I said, Um, I want to go out, you know, I want to go and play, I want to go and play football. Okay. Whoever's there, I want to go and push him. And I knew I could. I knew I could do that. And like I said, the moment, the moment that first training session, I thought, this is what I want to do. I want to go and play for this club, because um, obviously I did my research on it. Obviously going on Twitter, going on Facebook, looking at, having a look at the the, obviously looking at pictures of the pitch, looking looking at st- stuff like that really. And that's one thing I you know I wanted to do. And it you know <laughs> six or seven years down the line, I'm you know I'm I'm still here and. Like I said, still playing games and and absolutely enjoying it. I mean, I think I think coming back to Whitby Town the second time was a, a massive lifeline. I think um, you know, it was a breath of fresh air. I felt I felt like I was coming I was going into a, a club brand new. I, I I didn't treat it like, you know, right, I've I've been here before, I know what the crack is. I tre- I treat it like I was a brand new player. Um, you know, I got myself fit, got myself ready for it. And like I said, I, I just haven't looked back. I mean, like I said, it's a
0: fantastic club to play for. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's something as well, Shane. I think, I think it was probably the worst kept secret in football that you were coming back. Yeah, but yeah, I I think mean, it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. it was. I mean, for uh, I mean, for the supporters and for yourself, really, knowing that you had—I know you've just said there that you came in and treated as though you were like a new player, but at the end of the day, you already had that rapport with the supporters, didn't you? That. Yeah. Um, I mean that much that obviously must have made it so easy to fit back in.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean since since the day I joined the club and since that since the first game the first game I had against Arlo in pre season, I um, still remember it. You know, since that day, you know, obviously knowing
4: that fans, you know, wanted you there, obviously, you know, you felt you felt you felt like you were at home, really. Like I said to you, Paul, in
2: in, in the interview when I came back. You know, you feel at home at with me. You, you know, and okay. I think it's a club where if you do do a mistake, it's not a club where a cl- it's not a club that don't get in your back. You know, if 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 there was if I did if I played five games and I did a mistake every single game, then I'd expect them to come on my back. But knowing the fans, knowing the supporters. I know that obviously, you know, I, I wouldn't want to do that. I never want to let them down. Um and like I said, obviously, you know, my bond with the supporters at Whitby is is truly like I said, it's 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 basically it's just unconditional, really. It's 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 top quality. Mm. Top
3: yes.
4: quality.
3: No, you can see it. You can see it. I mean i as you know, I've I've uh, stood taking your picture on yeah. many a touchline <laughs> yeah. and and uh, and I see it and you can feel it. Um and I think that when you play, I think you you give everyone a comfort. Yeah. If there's one one sort of you know bit of praise I can give you, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I don't play the game, but I think with you in goal, I think everyone the the the, the defenders in front of you and the fans behind you, there's a sense of real assurance that yeah. Shane Blunt, goal. Mm-hmm. I will be all right, Shane, Shane's mm-hmm. in goal, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and for a. For a senior pro, that must be sort of mission accomplished to have got to that place, you know, undisputed number one, mm-hmm. and and giving everyone around you that that comfort. Mm-hmm. I mean, that you know, that must make you feel like like you've achieved in the game.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, uh, I think obviously the more you know, I think I really, I, I when there's a crowd there, and when we have. You know, especially on a Tuesday night when the when the shed's full, I thrive off it. I love it. Absolutely adore it. Yeah. It's 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 just a, a good place to be, knowing that they're behind your back, um, knowing that they're behind the team's back. Most most importantly, um, the amount of games like last season, they pushed. The amount of games they pushed us on last season was unbelievable. I mean, it just gave it. You know, some some of them games, pre previous if we played them previous years, we wouldn't have, you know, it's safe if we were 1-0 down and we'd have just, we'd have just settled with a 1-0 defeat. Mm. But, you go back to FA Cup, Selbridge at home, you know, going 1-0 down, you know, they they just kept pushing us, kept pushing, kept pushing, and like I said, we got our result. We we got a replay. Um, Even, even the little number what went down to Gloucester, that was a very, very special night and it's, I'd, 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 definitely say it's the best night of my life most 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 definitely um Fantastic. you know to, but again when when the crowds do come in um it's a it's a very special place to be and it's a it's a special club to be at um when we do have them crowds and hopefully next season um especially with all obviously with all the pandemic what's been going on um yeah. to get the crowds in even you know in i know there's 600 tickets being sold on saturday if we can get if we can get 600 fans in the ground, then it it makes it an unbelievable occasion, even though it's in pre season. So absolutely, you know,
3: what would you say to that 18 year old uh, barilad going into that office as the number one now senior pro who's who's had the career you've had? If you could give one bit of advice to that 18 year old Shane Blanc going into that office at Middlesbrough.
2: I'd I'd basically say you know I mean if, if to any to any young young lad to any young lad um obviously who is in the academy and they do get that re- if they do get released it's not the end of the world because yeah. I know for certain fact there's young goalkeepers playing in our league there's there's lads coming in court there's, I, I know obviously I mean the game's changed now I mean like I said obviously Stanley Bridge last year had a young had a young lad on a tra- uh, young lad on loan from Manchester United um, yeah. you, you know what I mean. So, it's I think it's important for I think it's important for young goalkeepers, young players to go and play non-league football and go and learn the trade. Um, yeah. like I said, the game's totally changed, and you know, obviously, you see, you know, you see when 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 you see your 18-year-old come into a club, and they, they go, well, I've had tra-, you know, I'm going on trials here, I'm going trials there. It doesn't mean nothing. It means absolutely nothing. You know, if if you if you can if you if you get if you can get fifth if you can get forty five games in one season in non league, then it'll make a career up because, like I said, obviously there is going to be opportunities. Look at, I mean, obviously with with Junior Mondel, um, mm, yeah. obviously with Junior, um, I spoke with Junior a lot, and he would turn his nose he turned his nose away from obviously non-league football, because he wanted to play in the programme and that is absolutely totally, totally fine. Um, yeah. And obviously when he got released from Borough um, and obviously he was going on trial here, going trial there and they weren't working, I said, look, why don't you go to Whitby or somewhere like that? You know, go, go, and play fo- go and play football, go and score goals. If If you do really well, if you score goals and you're on form, no doubt you'll get a pro club. Hmm. And what happened? got a pro coach,
3: yeah, Sure enough.
2: You know, yeah. got went to Forest Green. So yeah. again, like I said, it's people, you know, I think players think that's the end of the world when they come to non-league football mm-hmm. and it's not. It's just the beginning. You know, it's the beginning of a, yeah. a men, you know, being a part of men's football, being a, you know, becoming a, an established player, becoming an experienced player. And like I said, you know, if, like I said, if I got, if I had advice for, that 18-year-old Shane Bland, then I'd say, go and play games. And like I said, I did, obviously once I did get released, I went to Gisborne on loan with, with Charlie. And honestly, I absolutely, absolutely loved it. It was, it was amazing because I knew that, obviously, the team at the time was unbelievable. I mean, you had Danny Johnson up top, you had Mikey Roberts up top, you had, um, you know, obviously you had a young, you had a young, a young Luke by at the back. And, <laughs> um, you know, you you obviously you had the Way brothers at the back. You had you know, but you had obviously you had Liam Sutherland who's at masks now and still playing. You had a, mm. you had an unbelievable team in there, and like I said, they you know I played some of my best football at um, at Gisbra. And Like you said, obviously still eighteen year old to go and play men's football. It was it was amazing, and I knew I knew from then that was the path I wanted to to go down. Go and play men's football. Go and play non-league football. It's not just it, like I said. It's just it's not just on the pitch. I think it's the bond what you get with the supporters who come who come in week in week out on a Tuesday night, absolutely freezing, windy, raining. Um, you know, and you know when you could be in a nice ground go to watch a Premier League club or a championship championship club or whatever. Um, and they come and they come to a they come to a, you know they come to the Turnbull, and you know they pay the they pay the. You know, they pay decent money each week, you know, in the bar, on the food, whatever, tickets, you know, away trips. And like I said, obviously, I have a massive respect for for, for non-league supporters as well. Massive respect.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, that one thing I definitely discovered because I've sort of been trying to figure out how long it is since I've actually been been going. And I reckon it's probably knocking on the door about 14, 15 years I've been going now. Um and it just it just does become a family after a while, you know. Everybody's you know you just you get on well with everybody. There is never any arguments or anything, and you are all there for one for one purpose, and that is to enjoy what it is that you you know you you are shelling your hard earned cash out for. Yeah, yeah. And yep. Uh, it was for me. I mean, being away from it for for all of this last season, you know, well up until pandemic struck and everything. I've I've missed the football, but it was everything else that went on behind it that was the thing that basically drove me away. And mm. just going back to something you said earlier on, Change, you don't want to let anybody down. And no. that was my biggest problem, is that I didn't want to let anybody down, but it was between Whitby and my job. Yeah. And uh, I was doing a full day's work, sometimes doing 16-17-hour days, and then Tuesday yeah. nights having to come and uh and do the stuff that I was doing there. And then you get to the weekend after doing another couple of 16, 17 hour days and whatever it was like in the final two years, whatever I wanted to do on that weekend, I had to have had done Mm. by half 11 on a Saturday morning, because then I knew after that, the rest of the weekend was taken up by football and it was never anything to do with, with Whitby because the things that we did originally were we did them for fun you know, the, the, the program was, was a relatively simple thing to do. When Goose first started turning up with the, you know, the massive mixing desk and the microphones and the laptop for the radio station, that was fun because it gave me being in IT the chance to like scale everything down and make it work better and what have you. It was then all the additional stuff that came on and from, you know, the demands from the league for video highlights having to be done by this time. And, you know, uh, and that, that was the thing that pushed me away more than anything because it sapped all of the enjoyment out of it. You know, you come home and you just want to sit in the dark because uh, you know that the next thing that you've got to do is you've got to sit in front of your computer for six hours, solid, to, doesn't matter what time, because the league states that these highlights have to be uploaded to their website by X amount of time the next day. You yeah. know, and yeah. I, I, I'm i on a brand new estate, but we're still connected on a bog standard phone line. So my yeah. internet is garbage. So <laughs> Tuesday nights, I'd be coming home from the game,
4: getting half 10, 11 o'clock. I'd be editing highlights till three o'clock in the morning to then set them going immediately so that it could be uploaded by nine o'clock the next day or whatever time it was that they did. And mm-hmm. it was
1: a- with Saturdays and Sundays as well. Like the only gap I ever had in that weekend was between half 11 and half two when I went to my mum's for Sunday dinner because I knew yeah. the second I finished there, I'd have to race home to get something else going to do another thing for you know mm. and you you want to go there for the enjoyment and yeah. that just that's sapped all of the fun out of it for me. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Yeah. No, I'd uh, it's for me, I think to sum it up, I think the the non non league scene and this the, the semi pro game, I think because of social media, I think has become increasingly pro. I think mm. it's you know behind mm. the yeah. scenes and off the pitch. Yeah. You know people want video highlights. Mm. People want a program that looks a business. People want pictures in the gazette or people want pictures on the Facebook of the goal or the save or whatever, and they want it now. Mm. Yeah. You know, like Paul and I. You know, I would I would have a memory card from the first half, and at, at Half, as soon as the halftime whistle went, I would run from the touchline and I would give the memory card to Paul so that Paul could upload the first half's pictures onto his laptop to give me the memory card back so I could go back yeah. and start the second yeah. half. And as doing the second half, Paul's uploading Facebook updates with pictures I've taken from 10 minutes mm-hmm. ago because that's what people expect. And I think that if you're in the pro game, They've got media and communications teams. They've got paid. Yeah, they've got employees. That's their
1: job. We're doing it. We're yeah, doing we're it. Always, doing, doing, doing it. Yeah. week. You always get that word volunteer. You just think I'm a volunteer, yeah. and you're asking me to do things that you know people would be charging twenty five grand a year for. You know.
3: Absolutely, and and you know what? That's that sounds like a complaint, but I really don't want it to be because I volunteer. Hmm because I love it yeah. I volunteer because I want to be a part of football and the flip side for me is that I get to have conversations with Shane Bland I get to speak to the manager Five, I, I see Chardy walk down the tunnel five minutes after the final whistle and I have a one-on-one conversation I got after witnessing the FA Cup I got schooled on wing-back play by Chris Hardy for half an hour mm. you can't buy that no, no. that's that exposure, and that if you love football that's brilliant but the flip side is from a mental health and a and a management point of view of, of all this family, this non-league family is is the the expectation that's on that's on us to be pro yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, to, and to deliver it in the same way that you know I won't say man United because it's an extreme example but but to deliver it the same way as middlesbrough delivering it
4: yeah
1: because okay. that's what people expect. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. I remember the, the first time those instructions came through from the league, Paul. We, we, you know, we printed off a copy and we basically sat and read them together in the office and just looked at each other and went, "Who divined this?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, or, yeah. If you if you're videoing a game on a Saturday, the highlights have to be uploaded by midnight on a Sunday. Now and I mean this in the nicest, because I've said this phrase to you on, on, on numerous occasions, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, but there are times where I think the league don't realise that most of these clubs, they struggle to get volunteers in, and those that they have got in have been there for a very, very, very long time and aren't open. Like, I'm very lucky and that the computer I'm doing this through is a beast of a machine. So the games highlights and everything that I've got, even though they were done in... in the- tech terms everything's like full hd the graphics and everything it would take between three to four hours to render that if Mm -hmm. you're doing that on somebody's laptop that they've gone down curries and paid 350 quid for you're talking nine ten hours worth of rendering time and then another 12 hours to upload the bloody thing to the internet yeah i just remember sitting and reading those instructions and thinking how how, (coughs) excuse me how is this possible
3: (laughs) and for a lot it's not and that's it. Yeah. And probably end up having conversations like we're having yeah. now about expectation. Yeah. Um, and yeah, non-league. The, the beauty of non-league is that it's accessible and it's fun. Yeah. And I think that's right. Yeah. Um, that's and, you know, we're all doing it because we want to do it. I want to do it. Um, you know, I think for me, I, I can't really... I know you've all been very open about an example where you've realised that you've kind of... It's got too much and there's been a one-off. For me, there hasn't really been a one-off. But there's been a few occasions where I've had to message Paul and just say, Paul, I need to just put the brakes on here because this isn't this isn't going the right way for me now. Yeah. Like, And it's similar to what you've been saying, Liam, that it's not just what you do on a match day. Yeah. And as much as I love it, I'd be taking pictures on a match day and I would then be spending at least one night, if not two nights a week, taking those pictures and turning them into something that fans would, yeah. would consider to be quality mm. because because if they follow Middlesbrough or if they follow Man United or whatever, they get these beautiful images yeah. of players, you know, taking on 20000 pounds cameras or whatever. You've got me in my I Viz hiding behind <laughs> Blandy, um, <laughs> <laughs> like trying to trying to deliver that yeah. because that's what everybody wants to see. Yeah. And you know, social media in football has been, you know, it's been great. I mean, I've, I've, I wouldn't have this, I wouldn't have had the gig with Whitby Town, I wouldn't have been able to put my pictures out there, I wouldn't have been able to yeah. get involved in podcasts with, yeah. you know, um, et cetera. But by the same token, the pressure of social media and the expectation of people has, has not been, on, on that side, has not been good good for you me. Know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, completely agree on that front, like, Again, just to, 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 to go back to, to those league instructions, I remember because we had a conversation about it, uh, um, Paul, with uh, upload times and everything, and they had the, the quality that they actually wanted those videos. And we said, look, this it's it's not strictly possible without you know bending yourself over backwards and running the risk of burnout and everything because this is what I've got and this is what we've got for an internet connection. And the answer we got back from the league was, well, just buy a better internet connection I like think I'm a volunteer. I'm not paying more money for better yeah. internet because you've yeah. decided that you want these things doing like yeah. that. You know, We're just us yeah, for these Providers with some bloody gear so that we can do it.
2: Yeah, I mean, like I said, obviously, I don't think the league or the, the league itself, or the or the FA realize, like you know, that these these volunteers are putting their hard earned time mm. in non league football. You know, and, and then and the, whether you know they want it. They want them volunteers to buy new gear out of their own pocket.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, it should, it should, surely it should be the league or the FA, you know. I don't know. I mean, putting a grant in or whatever, whatever it yeah. is, and just basically saying, right, there's a grant or whatever. There's, a, you know, get some, get some equipment. Mm-hmm. Or we want, we want everyone in the league, we want everybody recording their own, recording their games. Right, there, there's 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 equipment
1: you need, and we need to do it. Yeah, you know, I completely agree with you on that front. And it just, it was never, no, I mean, do. we even ended up getting sponsored for our video camera that we used. You know, <laughs> none of us had yeah. the the funds <laughs> or the out Like I was using gear that I'd, uh, you know, we disposed of at work donkeys years ago. Mm. So it was it was really old equipment. And we had no chance of getting a camera. And then we got one sponsored by Chardy who just turned up one day with this camera and said, there you go, lads. You know, that shouldn't be a thing that, you know, if these demands are being put on you from whatever front, that you're still having to to figure it out yourself while also essentially working. For me, it was six and a half days a week. I had half a day off for myself at the very most and, you know, and you, you turn up, and again, it, it, it had nothing to do with the football club. It was just all of the the other demands that were, were put on, on top yeah. of it. I'd turn up and I'd, I'd, you'd have the timesheet done. Then I'd have had to, like, at nine o'clock in the morning, wait for Liam to text me through what the playlist was going to be for that day. So I'd have had to have made sure my tablet was charged up and get that fixed up. Then you'd arrive, and all of the sound equipment would have to be plugged in, and that'd be tested in the microphone. Then you'd be onto the team sheet, get that printed. Realise halfway through the print run, I'd made three spelling mistakes, so cancel it, correct those, and then send the next 50 of them through. Yep. Then start from there up to the ground to get the camera set up, and then get the radio station set up. Then try to operate the camera and record the game, and make sure that the radio station wasn't falling over at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then follow that crap down, then run home, transfer all the stuff off the camera, and start editing the game, because like it was that would have been well, like half ten on a Sunday night. Uh, Saturday night and realizing you've got a game on Tuesday so you can get like all that all done ready and packed up to then go back again on a Tuesday night and you know it, it just that's your life yeah time. exactly yeah and it, it genuinely like I had nothing with anybody fun. there they were it was the club was amazing it was it was such a brilliant experience yeah. and it gave me the opportunity to develop a lot of skills that I've never really had the chance to push forward. Like, I've I've done video editing for, for years, but it's always been, like, really minuscule things. Like, the primary school that I used to work at whenever they did their Christmas plays or what have you, would video them from the back, and I'd edit them and burn the DVDs and sell them out to the parents. Uh. But just... To make people's expect or to try and meet people's expectations, like the two years that I was doing those highlights, every week it would mm-hmm. be, I've done this thing. How can I make this simpler? Because if it shaves ten minutes off the workflow, that's ten yep. minutes more I've got to myself at the end of the night.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, like you said, obviously, you know, I think obviously vo- with, with volunteers as well, um, they deserve their own time. Obviously, they. I mean, you you look at you look at Eric, for instance. <laughs> Groundsman,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: You know, I bet, I, I, I bet that you know, I bet. I mean, when we go back to mental health and whatever, you know, go, you know, with with Eric being on that pitch for hours on end, we, we've probably not even getting his dinner, probably not even getting his tea or whatever, mm. you know, and then having to, go, you know, and then, you know, to go home and getting home late, you know, especially after the Tuesday night game. Um, you know, you just wonder what like obviously Eric, you know, Eric's you know with obviously Eric's wife feeling, you know, you think like right, well Eric's out all day, you know what I mean? It's like,
4: yeah.
2: you know, you look that that's what I'm saying. So like I mean Eric putting his own time,
4: yeah. giving
2: his own time up to do our pitch, yeah. you know, for hours on end, you know, it, it, it's stuff like that really. What you what what's you know what you take for granted and it should yeah. be, I mean I you know like I said as I mean Eric's Eric was a, a fantastic groundsman a fantastic groundsman, and you know like I said it, it you know with Eric he just thought you know right I'm I'm done, I'm done with it you yeah. know I don't yeah. know what what went on but again um, he
1: put was he put hours hours of time in yeah yeah all yeah all this time in and then you just get to the end of it yeah. and it was, was genuine it was absolute burnout for me like i'd basically Mm. worked five six months of doing six and a half days a week having no time Mm -hmm. off it was just getting steadily worse and worse Uh, and it's only through well i started um not almost coming up a year ago uh counseling it'll be uh beginning end of september i think was when i started going Uh, and i've not had a session since march but in those first few weeks getting that weight lifted off your shoulder that you are the most important thing in mm. your life. You know, yep. Yep. if the, if you're not right, something's got to give. Something was going to break with me. And I, that's why I had to jack everything in. But it was, again, like you said before, Shane, about that not wanting to let anybody down. That was the thing that yep. I, I never wanted to let anybody down, be it my job, mm. be yep. I just I just kind of have this thing that I don't ever want anybody to think bad of me. If somebody yep. asks me to do something, I want to do the best possible job that I can do. Yeah. But yeah. when those two things are butting heads yeah. and I'm not enjoying anything and I don't have any time for myself, it's that that realisation that I am the most important thing in my life. That once that weight was lifted off my shoulders, then, you know, I, 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 as daft as it sounds, it was almost like I started seeing colours again. Mm. You know, I'd get up in the yeah. morning and I'd be yeah. happy and I'd be sitting yeah. and I'd walk out the front door and I'd think, oh Christ, I'd forgotten my car was that colour red. I'm not used to just walking out the house and just seeing everything is 150 dab mm. shades of grey, and there's just there was no enjoyment in life or anything, and and mm. and having that, and go, you know, it's something I should have done a long, long, long time ago. But like, the, the yeah. I think that. that learned, yeah.
4: I think, just, the, I think just, it's just. It's just, just me, I think it's
2: yeah. I, I think it's just the. Uh, I mean, what people think about when they, you know, when they do admit, you know when people admit about mental health, um, I think, I think people don't want to do it because they feel like they're a little bit embarrassed, feel, mm-hmm. like, they're a, feel yeah. like they're a failure, feel like, you know, that oh, I'm a loser, you know, I'm I'm weak. It's not about, you know, if you've got mental health and whatever, it's not about being weak.
4: Yeah, it's, exactly.
2: it's, 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 it's an illness. It's an, yeah. it's, a, it's an illness. It's not, you know, it's not because you're a weak person. I mean, you know, the amount amount of of people, you know, myself, I'm probably, you know, a very bubbly person. I'll try and, you know, I'll get on with everyone. You know, I'll try, you know, I'll, I'm just one of these people who, like, you know, even if I don't know him, if someone says, oh, oh, are you Shane? I don't know him. I'll be like, oh, you you know what I mean? Like, even though I don't know him. Um, But yeah, I think it just, this is, you know, this is the message, what we need to get out that if, People are struggling. Then they need to just come and come and talk with people. Come even it, look, even if it's just a family member, just say, "Look, I'm 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 really struggling here." You know, I'm really struggling, and just talk about it. It, it doesn't have it doesn't have to be counselling and whatever. You know, obviously at the time, I felt like I couldn't do that. You know, I felt like I couldn't do that because I felt again, I felt embarrassed about it. I felt stupid. I, I felt well, if I go and if I if I you know, if I ask if
4: I ask someone, if I ask someone, or you know, well, um, just you know, I'm struggling or whatever, then I think I think the terms is, I think the term is what you what you wait for is man up.
1: Yeah, you know? exactly. It's, um, it's, it's a level yeah. of masculinity that kind of yeah. is yeah. attached That's to. As though you're,
3: you're, you're yeah. less yeah. of a man, or exactly. you're weaker. Yeah. If anything, you're stronger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about it isn't it this perspective that you know to have mental health issues makes you makes you less of a man, yeah. and that you've got man up to get it right. When actually being able to 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 openly say, look, yeah, I've been struggling here, and I need help, yeah. and I need people around me to help me out, is probably for me one of the strongest things you can yeah. do.
4: Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you've. I think- you know, I mean, like, it's, like, uh, like, it's, like I
1: said, i uh, person yeah. there has ever been. So, Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. It, it exactly. wasn't a difficult thing for me to be able to do, but when you, you see like, three of you struggling and what have you, and we all deal with it in our own different ways, but there, there just shouldn't be this air of, like to a certain degree, it's a very 1970s man's attitude, isn't it? That everything can be sorted out yeah. down the pub with a pint and a fag. And yeah. it can't, you know, if, you're, no. if you are genuinely going to break at some point, there is no amount of, you know, John Smith's bitter and wood binds that are going to solve that problem. You need uh-huh. to go. And for me, it was just getting this stuff out. Because yeah. the, the biggest thing that I took away from my counseling sessions from, from just talking and everything was I came away writing every time I've got something going wrong in my brain or something that's not, not ticking over. Right. I write a letter to myself mm. or to I'd like in in the early days the I, I needed to get things across to people that it would have been more comfortable for me to write it to them than it would have been to say it to them. Which as much as it pains me to say was initially mm. my parents. Yeah. Because I love them to death, and they knew something was wrong, and I should have been able to go yep. and speak to them, but I found it easier to do it in a letter because I didn't want them to discuss it back to me. They knew something was wrong. I knew something was wrong. Here's what's going on. Let's not talk about it because you know about it now. Mm. And taken away from that was mm. that. Yeah, my mom's brilliant with advice, and so is my dad. But when something when it comes to something like this, is that what you're saying is what you would do if you were me, but you're not
4: me. So
1: no idea. Exactly. What you're exactly. So all yeah. you can say is oh yeah. well, if if I were yeah. you, I'd do this, but you know you can't. So like sitting down and writing a letter to myself in the third person. And getting this stuff out of my brain, it's like all those thoughts and feelings come out of my fountain pen onto a piece of paper and then they're gone. And I can look back at it in six, 12 months time and think, I can see how far you've come and then wonder why you were thinking that way and then figure out how you've managed yep. to do it as you've gone along. And getting help at that very early stage was, was the breakthrough. There, there shouldn't be a stigma around being able to go to somebody and say, I am not well. I even I had a breakdown at work. I had a friend come down to see me one day and I just burst into tears in the office. Mm. I just couldn't cope with any more problems or any more thing, you know, stuff piling into the inbox. And I, yeah. ju- I literally just said mm. to her, I'm not well. I'm, I'm my brain is like literally about ready to melt. Mm. Uh, think, going to find somebody was, yeah. it was an absolute godsend. You shouldn't be afraid of being asked able yeah. to ask for help yeah. in whatever form it is. Yeah.
2: I mean, like, I mean, going back there when you just said about breaking down and um you know go, obviously breaking down and in the middle of the work like i nearly did the exact same i mean i remember i was having a day i was having a really really bad day um and like i said i uh i turned up a training uh sorry not training uh i was trained up a coaching and i got there i'd you know about to go to my area and whatever um but i felt really really choked up really really choked up um and I, and half the time you do, you don't you don't know what's wrong with you. Like mm. sometimes sometimes you you know you don't know there's no reason to it. And I think it was just one of them days, um, because I didn't know what was wrong with me and what was you know what what I was feeling. I got myself really worked up with it, and I was anxiety you know I was anxious about it. I was, you know, I, I feeling really stressed about it. I mean. When going through this, I'd get really terrible pains in the back of my head, really, mm. really terrible pains. And I remember just—I te- remember—I got on the pitch, and uh, anyway, I walk, anyway, I walk back, stay back, to him and he said, "You're all right." And I just went, "I said, yeah, I'm all right, yeah." Um, really, I wasn't. though no, I said, "Yeah, I'm all right," but I was—I was really choked up. And when I got in my area, no one was there, and I was just trying so hard to, you know, hold it in like you said i would, i mean I don't know how I did it I mean I had to literally again, i had to i mean I had a hood I had a hood on and I just had to hide my i had to hide my face because people were you know people were walking with the kids and what you know ready for a coaching session i would, I just had to put my head down and try and get a little bit out of myself yeah um you know but yeah i it just little little things like that you know it just really it hurts it hurts yeah. man it's just it's
1: horrible like you it, said. Was just, it was waking up every morning with this just overwhelming feeling of sadness yeah couldn't figure out what what there was nothing wrong at all it's just every morning you wake up and it's just this pain in your heart you yeah. just for me i just felt so sad every day for about nine months mm. and I, just, I couldn't get to the bottom of it at all yeah about being able to talk about it and what have you and, and once you make that realization that something is wrong then like you say it's that that's the first step yeah it's, it's knowing that that's mm. what it is you know if you it, mm. it's trying it's making that association between yeah. you know, depression or mm. whatever it is that you're going through making yeah. that connection yourself